0: Welcome to Highlights from the Cliff. My name is Whitney. And I'm Autumn. And today we're going to be covering a lot of music-related topics. Um, and maybe like COVID-19. But you know, it's it's just where we are in today's society. Everything tends to revolve around COVID-19. Um, how are you, Autumn?
1: You know, I'm still here. i still have you know things to occupy my time i'm in a safe location and even if the area i'm in isn't safe but i'm safe so that's all i can hope for right now what about
0: you i can fully agree with that um los angeles is uh quite the place to be right now (laughs) if i could say so um especially after um the fourth of july just passed and uh The amount of fireworks that went off was absolutely insane. Um, I'm lucky because there wasn't a lot of people setting off fireworks like near my apartment. But when we like pulled up uh, like the news and it was kind of like a live stream of what was going on, the amount of fireworks you could be uh, you could see being set off was insane. And then there was like this hazy fog the next morning, (laughs)
1: Nice and gross. Yeah. Have fun breathing that fresh air.
0: <laughs> Luckily, we did not go outside until that evening, so hopefully my lungs are still safe. <laughs> did you listen to any music that day? I did. I Actually,
1: Did you listen to I... any
0: Warner music? Potentially. I gotta, I, I'll admit for a music person, I don't know all of the artists who are assigned to Warner, but I understand where your uh is going. Tencent. <laughs> um, yeah, so Tencent bought $200 million worth of stock in Warner Music Group. And um, honestly, like reading through this like whole article, was borderline confusing just because uh of all the like different parties who were involved who were buying stock in other businesses and it was just I felt like I was jump jumping through like uh hula hoops trying to (laughs) get to the like main story here um but like what are your thoughts on this
1: Okay, so basically some people who are smarter than us are <laughs> better at math, rather. They did some <laughs> n- math. They laid it out in this article. It's kind of hard to digest on the first read, you know? Uh, so if you really care about this, either just listen to what I'm about to say or read it like three times, right? <laughs> um, so this is from Music Business Worldwide, and they said that it depends on what time of day um tencent bought the stocks because as we know stocks fluctuate throughout the day while trading is online so uh if they bought it at when the market opened they would have paid about 200 million dollars if they opened or if they um, bought the stock towards the end of the day they would have been paying like 240 million dollars so in know anyway slice it that is about let me see i think it's like 1.6 percent of the entirety of wmg which like when you put it in a percent wise it's it's a little uh it doesn't sound as like sticker shock mm-hmm. you know as like the amount of money does i mean that's a lot of money to be blowing in one day so it is like an investment it's a good investment you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah and like i i like read through the rest of the article and once you get towards the bottom is when things start getting really crazy because they want to um, really point out why this uh, Tencent buying stock in Warner Music Group is so like such an interesting thing for them to do because uh, Warner Music Group and Sony Music Entertainment acquired stock in Tencent Music back in 2018 which is interesting in its own right but then they go even further and uh they point out the fact that um tencent also uh bought 10 percent of uh stock in universal music group back in march and that if um uni uh universal still owns that uh like Hold on, wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading this correct. If they still own that stake, uh, then they own uh, 3.5% in Spotify, which is Tencent's rival. So Universal Music Group owns stake in Spotify, which is Tencent's rival. But Tencent also owns stake in Universal. <laughs> so they're, we're approaching
1: the point of mar- market saturation where they, it's turning into kind of like an oligopoly situation, I would say. I really question, what, I, I wonder how much this goes on in other areas of corporate America. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I only know about this because I care about entertainment news, like so, which is why I'm a host of this podcast. Um, but I don't really know how often this goes on. This might be more common than we think. If it's not common, however... I, I mean, I think even if it is common, this is still kind of a cause of concern for me as, like, a consumer because it's kind of like, how do you how do you really know, like, who you're doing business with mm-hmm. as a consumer? Like, on that just subscription-based level or that listener level, like, how, how do I know that I'm supporting you and not, like, your rival universal music group? Or, you know, if people want to be, like, discretionary with the types of uh, companies they follow or... Uh, you know, do business with. And I think it's really questionable of whether this, this falls into, um, I don't don't know. I just think back to like, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, was it Teddy Roosevelt or, um, Franklin Roosevelt, trust busting all these like major, like us, um, like steel and iron and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, during his presidency and it, it kind of reminds me of this. It just really does how the, if these companies are just like quote unquote too big to fail. Uh, I question whether that's really happening based on the way the, the market is supposed to work or if it's just an exploit that shouldn't be happening.
0: Yeah. I think you do bring up a really good point though, about uh, whether or not this is something that typically happens because the article did point out how this is, uh, like, a very interesting uh, move on the part of Tencent, so I'm not sure if it is something that happens very often or if it's just like, oh, hey, they did this in case you didn't see it, but um, it also does bring up that, like, a question in my mind, like, let's say if, like, a CEO or... Uh, A higher ranking member of any of these organizations does something that uh, the vast majority of people don't want to support. And so they pull their support directly from that company. And then they are supporting another company, not realizing that the initial company also bought stock into the other companies that they decided that they want to support. So they're still indirectly supporting the initial company that they didn't want to support And that might be a roundabout way of explaining what I'm saying, but I also don't want to name drop any companies to insert in there because as of right now, there is no um, heinous allegations out there. And I don't want to put anyone under a spotlight and being like, you're bad because they're not. Right. Yeah. I second that. It's really interesting.
1: Well, this is some big news. I guess we'll see what or if this changes anything.
0: So speaking of uh, Tencent, let's talk about India and TikTok and, well, Tencent.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so India outlawed 59 different uh, China-based apps, including WeChat, which is owned by Tencent, who we just mentioned in the last news segment, and ByteDance's TikTok, which a lot of people have been using (laughs) prior to this happening. And I can imagine that there were probably more people using WeChat, too.
0: Yeah, um, I I think it was 611 million lifetime downloads of TikTok since it started. And 30.3% of them were from, like, uh, Indian-based users. So that's a whole lot of people that they decided that they were going to... Um, kind of like cut off actually hold on wait I think I got it wrong uh it's 611 million uh lifetime downloads in India but it's 2 billion downloads worldwide my god but it's still 30.3 percent of uh like downloads that were in India so that's that's crazy to me like that many people now can't use TikTok and I remember someone saying how um like a lot of people who are on tiktok who are uh like influencers that are uh living in india because they can't use uh tiktok anymore that's really uh like harming them financially especially in the middle of the pandemic and so it's kind of just like rubbing salt on a wound and it really uh sucks to be in that predicament because Uh, the Indian government uh, pretty much said that they were getting rid of TikTok and all of these other companies for, um, I think it was like national security reasons. And so it's like, how do you, how do you fight back against national security reasons as an explanation for getting rid of of something? It's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's like the ultimate um, defense the the quote of defense that a government will say it's for like national security, and then you have like no right you're like okay well I guess I don't have any say in this right now, um yeah there were 200 million users from India that use TikTok in particular, and I do kind of wonder how many like mega influencers were relying on that app like for income like you said, um and it kind of just it just like reinforces the idea that I guess if if you're gonna be like an influencer you have to be marketing yourself kind of maybe not like deep and wide, but widely enough that if something happens to your service that you're relying on to bring you connections with fans goes away, that you have other ways to make, to make your income, you know? Because like the internet, we, we think like, oh, the internet's forever. But I mean, websites and apps disappear on a dime like all, all the time, you know? It's just kind of the nature of the web and like yeah. being online.
0: Yeah, and even if, like, that app or uh, that website doesn't disappear, if you take a look at YouTube, uh, how they keep cracking down on, uh, like, content, and people are, like, their videos are constantly ge- getting demonetized, so it's like they can't even make a uh, revenue from the thing that they are initially doing. So a lot of influencers whose main platform is YouTube, they're branching out and either going to other platforms or they're like setting up like Patreon accounts or, uh, really trying to push for people to like buy their merch and all of that. So, um, like there's a lot of things that, uh, start to spiral if you do lose that initial platform in which you made your money. And I severely hope in the case of, um, all of these influencers in India that they did uh, diversify their revenue streams. But if they didn't, a lot of them are going to be SOL. And that's just, it's unfortunate.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, it reminds me of kind of like athletes, how, you know, if you get like injured once your whole career's over and then you have to find another way to like, that's all you know how to do. If you're like a pro athlete, that's majority of the time. That's probably the thing that you know how to do. Mm-hmm. In, anywhere in the world and then suddenly if you're not prepared for that to happen for, for the rug to be yanked out from under your feet yeah it's just a bad situation but uh we did see other apps get like in the tens of millions of downloads in like days in mm-hmm. india that were kind of like replacing TikTok. so i hope that those people are able to like migrate over to that those services that are available and i guess i mean if 22 million people downloaded these apps then I bet a lot of them knew who they were going to try to look for, like the people they were going to go look to follow, you know, on those apps. So hopefully I hope they're doing okay.
0: Yeah. And I honestly, like, just looking through the rest of the companies uh, like Shein, Clash of Clans, Romwe, like all of the, uh, and a bunch of other uh, popular apps and I I don't know all of them so I'm just going to assume not so popular but um it's crazy also like you said earlier WeChat um so yeah it's just it's crazy cuz like Shein and Romwe are like fast fashion clothing uh websites and apps and then Clash of Clans like it's just a game mm-hmm. <laughs> but um I guess uh, India had their reasons for wanting to ban these apps. So who's to argue with national security? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, We're going to
1: bring it back around to Mm -hmm. music for a minute because uh, Spotify is probably worth $50 (laughs) billion.
0: Yeah. And it's crazy how fast uh, they were able to double their, uh, worth on the stock market. Um, and I'm sure at least a portion of it is due to, uh, like COVID-19, but, uh, a good like majority of the reasoning is because of their, um, push for podcasting and wanting to have podcasts on their platform and they signed an exclusive deal on may 19th with uh joe rogan and Mm. uh it's like spotify's share price rose by 42.7 percent after that deal was solidified so like clearly podcasting is a big deal and um people are trying to jump on board but also just like the importance that uh Spotify is placing on podcasting when it's technically supposed to just like serve as a um place for people to get music sort of thing
1: yeah they're truly a diverse media library you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's it's almost like a it just reminds me of a physical library you know you walk in and it's like the best one you've ever been in and you're just like wow they're everything
0: i could want here right here they never want you to leave don't change the channel literally i i think that's uh like their like marketing tactic it's like oh well we'll bring you here with all the music that you could want but hey we also have podcasting, and we don't have to pay any royalties for podcasting. So listen to the podcasts because it just lines our uh, pockets with money, which is great for us because yay for our margins. But um like I know this article had mentioned how uh, some music ex- executives are a bit kind of on the fence about, uh, Spotify's push for podcasting because then they're, they kind of see it as like, Hey, what about us? Like our music, like the music that we license to you is still important. You do need to pay those royalties, but, um, it's just going like, there's definitely going to be an interesting, uh, business model shift with Spotify in the near future i'm i'm assuming because i don't think it's going to be smart for them to continue to operate at this um like profit loss sort of business model where they constantly have to dish out money for the content that they're receiving where they can literally just generate content in-house and just get money from that
1: yeah i just like see that taking a really long time yeah if they're going to do, like, music, if they're going to truly be a diverse library of media, then, like, the, there's no way you can, like, replace the volume of music that already exists. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that would work. Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: I I honestly just think it's it's either going to be uh, where they do decide to keep music and have podcasting all at the same place, and they somehow just remain a very profitable company even while having to pay those royalties or um like the music industry is going to feel threatened by podcasting and uh spotify's um like push for it on their platform that they are going to kind of pull um like a A similar thing that some of the uh, like movie studios did after, or uh, the movie theaters did after the studios uh, released um, *Trolls World Tour* onto streaming (laughs) platforms, and then they were like, "Ah, we're not gonna show your movies anymore." Uh, I think they're going. I think the music industry might do something similar with Spotify if it were the case that they were to feel threatened by podcasting but like you said um there's just so much music out there that it's really hard to um supplement that with podcasting in that sense so i don't think it would be the smartest decision at this moment for spotify to try to solely transition themselves into like a podcasting platform but i do think uh it works well right now for how it is I just hope um one side doesn't get too aggravated about the current situation
1: yeah we're kind of being forced into like that moment in poker where you like you gotta fold them or you gotta (laughs) play it you just gotta follow through Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens
0: yeah but I mean with everyone stuck indoors we have tons of time to uh, engage in as much content as possible, especially, uh, like this may not be the case all over, uh, the U S but specifically here in California, uh, governor Newsom, uh, Newsom, he is, well, he has spoken out about, um, what he calls, uh, oh a watch list so it's the coronavirus watch list there's 23 counties uh on this list and if a county were to remain on the list for uh three consecutive days or longer then uh the governor was like we're going to start rolling back uh the reopening process so um of i believe this was shared um Oh, it was updated just a few hours ago, um, today, (laughs) July 6th, but, um, yeah, if I, I already heard like rumblings of potentially, uh, like shutting down, uh, restaurants and gyms again in Los Angeles County, but, um, I, I kind of hope not, (laughs) um, but if that is the case, like, of course, I'm going to fall in line and not cause any sort of chaos because there's no point in that. Just you got to do what you got to do to get past uh, where we're currently at. And hopefully we'll see things um, take a turn for the better. Um, but everyone just has to do their part, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. I I will say I'm in Texas and
1: I think people finally realized over the weekend like that this is like really serious, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, the beaches were closed for the most part. Um, I didn't really hear of any neighbors like trying to do get togethers like they would be doing on 4th of July or anything. So it was kind of like a positive thing. And then I I went to go pick up food today around like midday when people would be getting food. And there just were not as many people on the road as there have been, like, recently, even at a busy time, like, lunchtime. So I was really surprised. I was like, figuring, okay, I guess people are really just trying to do what is necessary and right and just stay home as much as they can.
0: I'm glad to hear that. Um, I know, I like, my biggest concerns right now are, of course, like, California, Florida, Texas. Like, they're, like, the three places that you keep hearing a lot about. Um, but <laughs> I also have a lot of friends in Pennsylvania, as I'm sure, uh, you do as well. But like, I went to undergrad in, uh, Eastern PA and I, I don't know what the restrictions are out there. If there are any, cause I know, uh, like New Jersey's doing great. Um, I think right now, Pennsylvania might be stable. Um, but over the weekend there was just tons of people getting together and just like i i I was shocked because like out here in california that's well at least my immediate people like that's not a thing like if we get together like we're still like at a distance we're like hey how you doing uh but these people were all up on one another like hey drinking and all that and i was just like i'm concerned (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean that is the word because it's it, I think people people don't realize how much of the cases, how many of the cases are like encompassing younger people who are under the age of 30. And a lot of these people are perfectly healthy upon getting this virus and it just decimates certain functions within the body. It leaves it's going it's leaving people even if you live through it, you might you might be impaired or injured for the rest of your life. From this, and I really, I, I just really want people to like think to yourself: Is it worth it for me to hang out with my friends and drink in person for four hours tonight? For me or can to- I just do it through Zoom? <laughs> yeah, can I just have a happy hour on Zoom, watch people do fireworks from my front lawn or my balcony or my apartment door or the internet? And just, I know it sucks, people. Okay, this is hard on everybody. Our mental health is really suffering as a society right now. We're not supposed to be like this. We're social. We're supposed to be in groups of people who are supporting each other in person through stuff. But we can't do that. We just have to be thankful that this isn't happening in, this isn't like the Black Plague or something. (laughs) You know, like I can still talk to my friends and family and I can, you know um continue to make decisions that progress my life so this is what we have to do right now sometimes this is going to be like that moment in our generation where if you make it through this people are going to ask you what What did you do during covid and if you tell them oh i went on a vacation i went to the beach with like my whole family extended family i cooked out i uh you know had all these people in my apartment for a party i don't know I don't think that's going to age well, guys. You got to think about this kind of stuff here.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And honestly, when you said the Black Plague, it reminded me of this article that I saw. And it very well could be fake news. Um, But they had said, like, the article said that there was uh, a case of the Black Plague that was found in China. And I was like, y'all got to be kidding like, I hope that's not true. I really sincerely hope it's fake news. Um, I don't remember what, uh, like, who posted the article. So let's just err on the safe side and say it's fake. But if it comes out to be true, we just need to burn it all down. And start yeah. over.
1: <laughs> I mean, cases come around every few hours—not uh, hours. My God, excuse me.
0: Every <laughs> few years, years,
1: three hundred and sixty-five days. Um, every once in a while, but since we have modern medicine, it tends to be not as bad.
0: Yeah, but well, just... I hope that's not true. <laughs> this <Yeah>. still sucks. <laughs> like we don't—we don't need the black plague on top of COVID nineteen. It's just you know what, if the um, murder hornets decided to just like pump on their brakes, I'm gonna need uh, the Black Plague to do the same. And I'm gonna just, I'm gonna need everything that's going bad right now to just chill. That includes you two, Donald Trump. Like, I'm gonna need everybody to chill right now. Ice, take a seat. We're still dealing with COVID-19. And that should be like the number one thing on our like to-do list but it seems like it's not
1: (laughs) yeah it's especially not number one on your list of things to deal with if you are eight mile style (laughs) who sued (laughs) who did they sue this is like a back and forth it's kind of like a. it's it reminds me a bit of um the the concern is valid i will say that Mm i'm not going to disparage what these people are suing for i think they are right in what they're doing however the way this is portrayed in this article i found on music business worldwide thanks to whitney um it pitches it a little bit like kindergartners who you know you see your friend and you want that crayon they have and they won't share it so you take it and then they take one of yours you take another one of theirs and it just keeps going back and forth it, it seems a little bit like that
0: yeah def definitely that <laughs> so uh to set the stage um so All right. There's a legal dispute between Spotify and 8 Mile Style because 8 Mile Style sued Spotify um, for allegedly um, not obtaining the licenses, the proper licenses for 250 Eminem songs that's on the platform. And then Spotify was like, no no it's not our fault it's cobalt music's fault because they didn't supply us with the proper uh licenses and all of that and then somehow harry fox agency also got wrapped up in this because they're a mechanical licensing uh a mechanical rights organization and so they really uh, they issue mechanical licenses and um the big issue here is that Spotify did not have, uh, the proper mechanical license, whether it was direct, indirect, compulsory, or any of the sorts. And so eight mile style was like, you guys owe us money because you've been pretty much like illegally, um, like streaming this music. Um, all this is allegedly yes allegedly yes it's all alleged um and so uh eight mile style is just they're suing for copyright infringement um and that's kind of like (laughs) the whole article just like summed up as nicely as i can express it because like autumn said it's very much written in a like um like a kindergarten like blame game type of uh situation and but the argument is of course very valid if it is true
1: yeah I, cuz i think like we were saying earlier spotify is going to try to get into their own music game here eventually to make more money off of that than they're paying out in licenses these businesses are going to these um songwriters and these uh agencies that represent and produce music are going to have to face a decision to do their own thing or to just comply and i think this is an important element of it because if they're having issues allegedly with getting paid the right amount of money like why would you even want to go through the hassle of doing business if you feel that you're not going to get a fair deal you know they're eventually going to be feel like they're being pushed out so we'll see what happens uh i will say the lawyer representing eight mile style has won a lot of recent popular cases he won uh in the case where uh marvin garvey estate uh claimed copyright infringement against blurred lines a couple years ago which is like a big deal he won that case so there um we'll see this guy might be a powerhouse
0: Yeah, because he he also represents uh, the songwriters of Travis Scott um, for his alleged uh, infringement for his song Highest in the Room. Uh, Well, songwriters suing Travis Scott. I think I said that wrong. Uh, (laughs) For uh, his copyright infringement um, for Highest in the Room. And um, also... There's another lawsuit that he's involved in with Juice World, smash hit Lucid Dreams. So there's, there's definitely a lot going on here and it'd be interesting to see where this case ends up going, um, mainly because it seems like all of these previous, um, lawsuits had to do with, uh, like- Melodies within the songs, whereas this one is just strictly about licensing. So it'd be really interesting to see uh, where this case ends up and if um, Eight Mile Style ends up winning this case or, and if it does, because the payout um, for it was a lot. I forget what the figure was off the top of my head, but if, uh, Like Spotify has to pay it, then based on what we discussed earlier, they'll be able to pay it. And if Cobalt has to pay it, they may not be able to. Um, Wow, this is juicy. I want to keep my eyes on this one. Yeah, me too. It's going to, oh, it's $36.45 million because uh, he's suing for $150,000 per song wow yeah it's gonna be crazy (laughs) it's not it's not eminem no it's not eminem it's eight mile style who uh is eminem's uh like publishing company but he hasn't like been directly involved with them for a while now so it's kind of just like them as an entity and then uh richard bush i think is his name uh yes he is the uh lawyer who is representing uh, eight mile style on this case. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Crazy. But, uh, I think this is, yeah, it's our last, uh, topic for today. And this is, um, one that Autumn and I, I would agree are very passionate about because it's about wage gaps and, and uh, specifically wage gaps in the UK, in regards to uh, like different players in the music industry. So that's Spotify, Live Nation, Sony, uh, Warner, and this other company. And I think it's like PR or PL PR. Oh wait, PPL PRS. That is who they are. <laughs> Yeah, so this um, it's there's a lot of numbers going on here to begin with. Um, I'm just going to explain the previous year, uh, so the year of 2019, what the wage gap was. So uh, the UK actually didn't um, require that all of these businesses report their wage gaps because of COVID 19 um those numbers should have been due uh by April 5th or April 4th um but they decided to push it back so i think the only company that didn't file this year was um actually i don't know <laughs> but um the average uh gender pay gap at uh sony music uk was 26 percent while at warner music it was 31.5 percent at spotify it was 9.9 percent and at live nation it was 44.5 percent um those are some crazy numbers
1: (laughs) yeah i think i just i have a little bit of shock upon hearing this This is, I mean, that's kind of huge, that's a huge number, that's, oh god. And this is, like, aggregated, so it's probably worse for, like, women of color.
0: Yeah, like, uh, they actually, later on in the article, went into more detail about how these wage gaps are, uh, split up between, like, uh, higher ranking employees and lower ranking employees and also the percentage like the male versus female percentage in these companies for those positions and um some of them are kind of expected um the uh, like gender diversity specifically in apple is abysmal Uh, but it's that way across the board for all the positions. So it makes me wonder if like, maybe females don't apply to Apple, but then I'm like, no, I know a lot of females would apply. So maybe they're just not hiring as many females. I don't know. Um, do they have the bottom
1: quartile? Uh, the, those in the bottom quartile, 60% male, 40% female.
0: Yeah, in the bottom, and then uh, the top uh, earning quartile at Apple is 87% male and 13% female. Um, Women are
1: 50% <laughs> of the population.
0: Yeah, like, honestly, the only company that's on this list that seems, uh, like, pretty much, uh, like, right down the middle well as right down the middle as you could try to get compared to the rest of these companies would be Spotify and even then their top earning uh employees are 64% male and 36% female but for the rest of them it seems uh pretty middle of the road um for like middle ranged um employees and then when it comes to bonuses the Female executives are actually paid more um, for their bonuses than their male counterparts on average, which is the only company on this list to do that. And I'm just reading
1: some of these numbers and i'm i'm sorry but i'm gonna call out warner music
0: yeah it's because tragic.
1: <laughs> this statistic says when it comes to bonuses female executives are paid 69.3 percent less on average than their male counterparts that's i'm blinking a lot because i don't know what to say that's really that's really bad
0: yeah it, it's it's kind of awful. Um, I don't understand why it's like that, but then if you go to PPL, PRS, um, they, they tend to be a very like, um, at least when it comes to their, um, hourly rate, uh, wages, um, 16.8% of their wages are higher for females than males. Um, and their female executives are paid 49.7% higher on average than males. Um, and the bonuses are almost even. 80.6% of males receive bonuses and 78.9% of females receive bonuses. So it's very, very, very close. Um, whereas uh, some of these other companies are just... They're, they're just whack. Like, I don't... I do not understand how um, in what was it 20 yeah how in 2017 warner music uk could get away with having a 49 percent wage gap like i just yeah i I just really like
1: it It just blows your mind when you're looking at it because it's like that is almost that's pretty much half a paycheck
0: yeah
1: man i want you to really look at this Go look at your last pay stub and just imagine if 40% of it, like, wasn't there or yeah. whatever. What'd you say, 60? But,
0: yeah, it was, uh, 40, 49%. So, basically, 50%. So, like, if I took my last paycheck and cut it in half and then gave that half to a male counterpart, like, oh, my God, I... <sighs> I'd quit.
1: (laughs) Like But where are you gonna go? Where are you gonna get a job? This is the thing. If these people are these if these companies and entities are these huge conglomerates, which they are now, you either have to leave spot like Warner and go to Spotify. Okay, what if they're not hiring your position or like I mean it's hard to get a job, it's hard to have a job period, you know, and it's like these people and you only have like what ten options or something?
0: Yeah, it also makes me think uh back to our negotiation class that we had whether if these wage gaps are as large as they are because uh like women don't tend to negotiate uh their salaries or if it's just like the well i mean with the bonuses sort of situation that's probably on the company side of things but if that like initial like hiring wage it's like of they're going to lowball you, and it's like men would be more likely to be like, "Hey, give me more money." Are women as as equally likely? And if so, well, if not, are they all automatically starting off with that page uh, that wage gap, and then it just gets worse from there?
1: Yeah, I think it's that's why it's important that they looked at the hourly rate mm-hmm. because you're ten, you're gonna be more likely as an entry-level employee to be working for an hourly wage at some of these companies so i think that's interesting that they used hourly with that yeah because if even if you have you know half of your lower quartile male and half female if you're still perpetuating this wage gap then of course those women are going to leave the company over time if they realize that they're being underpaid which reinforces the top quartile people having pay differences and gender disparity in the workplace it's a ripple
0: it it really is and i also i don't understand that it's like if you're going to have an hourly rate like why can't you just pay everyone the same rate like well i mean all
1: companies do this you know Mm -hmm. this is just the norm i mean you're trying to get the work for as cheap as possible but yeah i think like women it's okay to ask how much is this position you know how 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 much you're gonna pay me a month or whatever and if if they don't want to tell you ask them for a range if they still don't want to tell you don't work there Mm -hmm. don't work there (laughs) because they're just going to try to take advantage of you and you're worth more than that i'm telling you right now okay
0: that and also just like do your research ahead of time. And it's like, if you do end up making it to that point where they're giving you an offer and you know it's lower than the average that uh, someone in your position makes, try to uh, negotiate it. And if they don't want to, walk away. Like, there's no harm in walking away. Even if you put in all that time going through that interview process you don't have to feel obligated to take whatever it is that they're giving to you just because you put in all that time if you don't feel like you're going to be valued at that company don't put yourself in that situation because ultimately later on down the road you're just going to have to find a job again this is the Delores prada moment
1: <laughs> she, she walked away and her life was great after that yeah throw that phone in the fountain honey
0: but i mean it yeah just do what's best for you and it's 2020 if people don't want to uh appreciate you for who you are just just let it be get rid of them out of your life Mm -hmm.
1: wow that's i guess that's a pretty positive note to end on it is you don't need toxic people in your life
0: cut them out they're they're not good for your health <laughs> yeah this is so
1: true we have enough things bad for our health around us right now we don't need one more
0: that right with uh COVID-19 we don't need any more stressors get rid of the toxicity and just try to go about your day as best as you can just uh live your best life and if your company's not treating you right just uh, either point it out or be like all right I will see you when I am financially stable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Please stay safe and stay home.
0: Yes. All right. We will see you next week. Bye. We'll be hanging.